Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Hey, I'm your host, Simon, and thank you so much for joining me today. This episode is sponsored by OscarHamilton.com. They edit and produce all of our episodes, so if you have a podcast already or you're thinking about starting one, check out OscarHamilton.com because they do some amazing work. Today's featured guest is Marina Darlow. Marina, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Marina is a systems expert, a productivity geek and the founder of VisionFramework.com. She sees her job as helping impact-driven entrepreneurs get 10 to 20 more productive hours a week, stop leaking money and prevent stress-fueled breakdowns. Marina, take a minute to fill in some gaps from that intro and tell us a bit more about yourself. I always get stuck when people ask me this question, like, what exactly do you want to know? Um, well, I founded Vision Framework a couple years ago, uh, basically dragged by the ear by my mentor and my friend. Um, and the purpose didn't change very much. I help creative individuals in basically any field to build a backend that would make their creative work sustainable, essentially enabling people to focus on what they're really good at and what they're really passionate about without having to reinvent the wheel every time they deal with minutia and admin stuff and planning and money and so on. So I'm essentially the operations person for small businesses. So when you work with those small businesses, what are some services and expertise you have to offer? It's a great question. Um, there are a few common traits for people that come to me. Usually it's a visionary, very creative, passionate entrepreneur, uh, which is kind of a tautology because every entrepreneur I met started his or her venture because there's a passion behind it. Um, but more often than not, the most visionary people, the, you know, dreamers, they're exact same ones who don't want to deal with the process and the systems. They see the great picture. They're also very good on the immediate level of, you know, doing exactly what needs to be done over the next hour. But when it comes to mapping out the way from now to three months from now and having this wonderful project launched, this is where they're not quite sure how to handle it. And this is when I come in, I map out the way. So I break it down into plans and tasks. I also put a structure around money. So people will be able to track what goes in, what goes out, uh, plan better, like what sells best. Let's see, let's analyze. Uh, should we put our effort in this channel, or that channel? Uh, and that allows my clients to plan further, not just their sales, but their entire business strategy and sometimes their entire business model. So this is also something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and above all, um, once you have the infrastructure in place, you can't really move forward if you don't develop certain habits. So my job is to help entrepreneurs develop the habits that will allow them to operate um, 
as seamlessly as possible. Essentially, focus on what they're good at and not stopping to engage with cumbersome and clunky systems. I see. Uh, tell me more about your target audience and what kind of businesses do you usually work with? Um, I ran the gamut. I usually work with smaller companies, um, either solopreneurs who are just starting out. So, you know, somebody comes to me and says, I have this idea and I want to launch it. And I, you know, maybe have a prototype or maybe I charted out, you know, my vision mission statement. How do we get from here to an actual product to market? Um, or sometimes people come to me when they are on the brink of explosive growth. Because they're like, okay, I have enough one-on-one -on -one clients and I'm sick of trading my time for dollars. I want to develop a program. Can you help me launch it? Or can you help me manage my time better so I have some, you know, I can carve out some times and space, especially mental space, to grow my business bigger because I reached a certain ceiling. Um, so, yeah, there's one interesting unifying trait I discovered really, really soon after launching my business a few months into. So suddenly, you know, I was like, okay, people that come my way, they all have ADD. Like not all of them and not all of them are officially diagnosed, but virtually 90% express the hallmark symptoms. And I started thinking about it. And then I started talking to my friends who are, you know, ADHD therapists or coaches. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense because these are exactly the people where the tension between the great vision on one end and the systems on another end, this is exactly where this tension is the highest. So it makes sense that these people would come to someone who is, um, have a surplus of attention, so to speak, as opposed to their attention deficit. Uh, and that's, that's, turns out this is who I am. <laughs> I'm not as exciting, though, as most of my clients. I'm way more boring. <laughs> <laughs> was that a target audience you chose for yourself, or was that something you fell into kind of randomly? It completely happened to me. I I knew very little about this tribe, so to speak, before I started my business. Which makes sense. I'm an engineer, and as I said, I'm a fairly boring person. <laughs> You know, uh, so it never quite occurred to me to even think in that direction. So, Marina, you were a project manager in quite a few companies and you did some consulting. Tell me, how did you start your own company, VisionFramework.com, and why did you start it in the first place? Um, <laughs> well, the reason was, well, you can name a few, but essentially I, um, I'm an industrial engineer by training and I worked... Uh, for, you know, for about a decade in various, um, from small startups to big corporations, I worked for Tiffany, um, I worked for Sensata, I worked for a large healthcare um, nonprofit in New England at some point. And what, as it happens to a great deal of people, I reached a point of corporate burnout. Don't tell me you have a boring life. Oh, I, oh God. <laughs> no, no, sometimes I ask for boring life. No. I did not. It, my business was not born out of boredom. Absolutely not. In fact, what happened, I was so disenchanted and burned out by the corporate job I was holding at the time. There was a layoff in my next to last company. 
And I publicly said, the chapter of project management in my life is over. I'm trying to find my next big thing. And it was a very, very public statement. I like went on Facebook and told all my friends. And so tired I was with my project management and corporate life, um, I did 180 degrees and went to study interior design at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. And in the middle of my studies, um, I worked with a career mentor, basically trying to figure out what the heck it is that I want to do when I grow up. When um, you grow up, <laughs> you know, we all figure out like what what am I gonna what am I gonna do when I'm an adult? Um, and I joined a program, and there was um, a good friend in that program that essentially said, "Well, I'm not sure what to do next. I need to figure out how to fit all my clients in my schedule, and I'm not sure what to charge, and I have no idea how much money I'm going to make." And I sit there and I'm like, but this is so easy to do here. This is the spreadsheet. And I mapped it out for her because she was a good friend and it didn't seem like a big deal on my end. Now, it turned out that was a pretty um, sought after skill, which I completely did not realize at the time. Uh, by that point, my mentor was trying to make me an entrepreneur for over a year. And she was trying to kind of nudge me in that direction. And I resisted and then I resisted some more. And then I was like, where the heck am I going to get clients? Whoever is going to want to hire me? Why would anyone in the world need something that I need to do? Uh, and I was like all really mm, confused and unsure what to do next. When that story with my friend happened uh, and I finally believed that she's not making fun of me saying, Marina here is blowing my mind. Uh, and she brought kind of, you know, a few other people, I realized that maybe there is something there. So I piloted a business, um, did a few, you know, did some services for free. Um, so you started your business by doing free work, kind of validating your idea. Now, what was your thought process behind that? Well, I wanted to see if it's viable. Um, I wanted to see if, I guess you would call it proof of concept, basically. Right. Validation. Basically, I wanted to see if there is any kind of need for what I can offer. Uh, so I took five people and I said, OK, for the next three months, um, I'm going to help you. This is the scope. This is, you know, you need this. Oh, great. I can do this. This is the scope of our you know, engagement. And it worked and the business was born. And then the word of mouth started. And eventually, after a couple years, um, we moved to a different city and I decided to go online. And this is, this is what I do. This is basically, uh, what I do now. I have clients from various spaces from Oklahoma to Dubai. Um, and this is how I now operate. By the way, that was another interesting point. I think yeah? you mentioned a lot of great points, Marina. One of the things that stood out to me was that when we start a business or run a business, we self-doubt ourselves a lot. Um, if we don't hit those revenue numbers or revenue goals, or if we don't achieve the milestones that we've set for ourselves, we we see ourselves as failures in a way. And the self-doubt kind of starts creeping in. How did you set aside those fears? Well, my fears are alive and well, thank you very much. Uh <laughs> But there are a couple pillars which truly helped me 
um, venture out of my comfort zone. I have an incredibly, unbelievably supportive family. I cannot say enough and I cannot thank them enough for being there for me and for convincing me that no matter what, even if I fail, they will be there for me. They will continue to love me and accept me. And it's worth a try. And they believe that I can do it. Um, that was one I truly could not have done it without my family. Uh, another factor was, in a way, I felt I didn't have a choice. Uh, I was so fed up with my corporate career. I felt that I cannot do it anymore. So I had to do something. Um, and that seemed a legitimate path. It seemed worth a try. It's like, how much worse could it really be? Um, and I guess the third pillar was indeed the evidence. So I started by taking people on for free and seeing that there is a need. And then I was like, oh, okay, so let's see if people would pay. And then they did little by little. And then the word of mouth started building up. And I'm like, oh, it's actually working. And of course, there were setbacks, multiple setbacks. But I'm a big fan of holding on to evidence. Um, and in general, and this is something, you know, you spoke about fear. This is kind of a tool I developed very, very recently, not by no means at the beginning of my business, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I'm now taking a class by Danny Inney, um, course creator laboratory, and I'm very happy with it. And one of the things that he is talking about is that you need to develop a mind of a scientist. And what it means that you try things. And even if you fail uh, on face of it, let's say, you know, you wanted to launch a class and nobody signed up, that is still a success because it showed you the path. It provided evidence for your efforts. There is no failure per se. You know, every, so to speak, statistically significant result of an experiment is a successful result. Um, so I'm really working on adopting this mindset. And funnily, it really helps with the fear side. It really basically convinces you like, okay, so let's say you're not reaching your goals. It's not a failure per se. It doesn't mean that you failed, definitely didn't fail as a person. Uh, it just means that you're a step closer in your journey because you took action and now you have learned something. Now you have results and you have something to build on to take your next step. Everybody who has been an entrepreneur has hit those roadblocks and it's always really challenging to keep going. Marina, walk us through one of your challenges uh, that you faced in your business. So many of them. Um, so I mentioned earlier that we moved. I started my business in a very small and a very tight-knit state of Rhode Island. In fact, I believe it's the smallest state um, in the United States. And the way it works there um, you go to three networking events and you know 90% of the faces there. Uh, and once you have a word of mouth and people start kind of telling their friends, you're in, that's it, you're in. People keep coming. And I had my practice full in about what, four or five months since I opened my doors and started charging. And that was amazing. And then 
time went by and uh, my husband graduated from school and we moved. Uh, we moved to a big city and I discovered much to my dismay that it doesn't work the same way in a big city nominate, I'm sorry, dominated by big corporations and small high tech startups because I work with neither. So I tried and it didn't work and I was mega frustrated. In fact, I almost wrapped up and closed my business in 2016. Um, there were, you know, there were some medical issues to boot that literally, you know, took me out of commission for about six months, uh, at a time. And I was truly ready to close my business down. What happened, what, um, convinced me to stay there were, you know, at the point after we moved, um, I was sure that I have to be in the same space with a client. Why? Because you'd be surprised to know how quickly dealing with systems uh, becomes intensely private and personal. You know, you help people deal with their money and suddenly they face the reality that maybe they're not making enough money or maybe they were spending too much and it ties into issues of self-worth uh, and you have a meltdown on your hands or you start planning with someone and suddenly people realize that their picture of reality really differs from what the plan says. And again, people start doubting, you know, what they thought. It's ultimately insanely empowering when you get over that hump. But as technical and boring as systems sound, uh, it's not quite the case. It's very, very personal. So having said that, I was like, I have to be in the same space because sometimes I need to literally hold the hand of a person I'm working with because it's such deep work. You can do it online. And I wasn't getting anywhere with this approach. Um, on one of the networking events that I was still doing, I met um, a guy who came to um, find capital for his company. And we talked and he said, I really, really need your services, but I live in Montana. I'm like, I'm not going to fly to Montana. Uh, so I, so he su suggested that uh, we try to do it video conferencing and he'll be my guinea pig and I'll give him a significant discount. And that was, that's what happened. And I saw that it's working, that I can be there for my clients um, over Skype or over Zoom. And yes, it's different from being in the same physical space, but it's still working. Uh, so that experience ultimately brought me to putting my business online. And by the way, to the to the dismay of my mentor, who was like, you will need way more efforts and to contact way more people. And this is a completely different business model. And, you know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, my business is now online and that model has been working pretty well for me. Usually we talk about mentorship as a really great thing, but I'm really happy that you brought that up, Marina. Your mentor didn't know what was happening in the world and he lacked some knowledge in the business world. Everybody knows that you can make a living online, whether it's selling uh, your services, offering consulting, uh, whether selling products, whatever that is, it is possible. Marina, I want to talk about acquiring new clients. Um, 
tell me how did you went from having that first client to the client base you have today? Walk me through the growth strategies you've used over the years. Um, I started um, reaching out. I started writing and I started building my mailing list. And I started speaking on podcasts and going to conferences. And this is how I meet people. This is how I get to know people. And those who feel there is um, a need for my services, contact me. And, you know, if we're a good fit, um, we start working together. So you mentioned different things, Marina, the podcasting and conferences. Uh, what has been the most effective way to acquire new clients? These two. Definitely these two. Yeah. Podcasts is where people hear me speak and they have some kind of impression saying, oh, she's cool. And then they schedule, you know, they schedule, go to my website, schedule a meeting and we talk and then we see if, you know, if that's the right fit. And conference is also because when you give a talk at a conference, you have a chance to present what you're about. And usually people come to conferences to learn about something in particular. So you have a room full of people already interested in a topic. And if you have answers for that particular topic, um, you give these answers in front of an already invested audience. Um, and then people come to you and say, hey, um, this is what happened to me, for instance. Do you teach groups? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, I teach groups. <laughs> and this was my, this is how my first group program was born. Yeah, there's always a challenge uh, when you're consulting that you trade your time for money. So how many clients do you work with usually, Marina? I work with, I, I try to keep it uh, to no more than 10 clients at a time. But uh, now I, just because I want to dedicate the right amount of attention to everyone and there's um, a limited number of uh, of hours in the week. Yeah, consulting is a challenge and uh, one of the only ways to escape from it, uh, from uh, trading time for money is to either raise your prices so you don't have to take on too many clients or start doing something on the side, whether it's offering products or services. Oh, but... Um, this is why the online courses are such a big thing now, like that the entire online education. Uh, I don't remember how many billions this industry now spans, but it's more than one. So it's a pretty big and hugely growing um, space. Uh, I'm now uh, working on a pilot of a class. Um, I also have a group program that I plan to launch shortly. Um, and this is a way to create a bigger impact, uh, obviously, in the life of the entrepreneur who launches it. But also, this is how you reach more people than one-on-one, because -on -one, you, can, you can only have so many one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, I'm intensely, intensely lucky, and I'm immensely grateful for every person that I work with one-on-one. -on -one. It's It truly has been an incredible honor to participate in the businesses of these people. And if you, if you hear me, I truly love you. You're amazing, all of you. Uh, but when you teach a group or when you launch a course, there is a different energy because the members of your group interact and the level of support not only takes a life on, on its own, uh, but it's, it creates a framework that one-on-one -on -one cannot provide. Y you as a student belong to something bigger. And it, it's just a different experience. So I'm very excited to, to be building something like that.
Marina, I love that. At this point in the conversation, I want to understand how does your life look like right now and what do you do daily to be successful? So let's start with your morning routine. Could you walk us through that? Oh, everybody loves speaking of morning routines. Um, I'm not a morning person. So my morning starts by dragging myself forcibly out of bed and thanking my dear husband for the fact that he gets up first. Uh, He's more of a morning person than me. Um, On the weekday morning, usually, you know, we get up, we get my daughter to school, um, I have my coffee, and I try to schedule meetings um, with clients in the morning because this is what really sets the tone for the day. I find working one-on-one or working like teaching a group, um, probably the most energizing piece of my work. So this is what I start my morning with. And if, if there are mornings when I don't have my meetings, this is when I try writing. This is where my writing blocks start. Uh, because again, it's, it sets the tone for the day. Um, that's about as much as I can tell about my morning rituals. You know, I make the bed every morning because that's a very small action that I actually can drag myself to do. Um, but truly, that's about it. I'm people's person, so I try to fill my morning with people. Yeah, I've started to ask about morning routines on the show lately because I've realized how important morning routines are. Once you win the morning, you're going to win the day as well. So uh, let's talk about the day. What are some routines and habits you pursue a day in and day out? Well, one habit I have is just I am religiously drinking my morning coffee. I, I, I truly am because there's literally no one to talk to before I had my first cup. <laughs> I love that, Marina. Coffee's awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. If you could leave our audience with just one final takeaway, one final thought, what would that be? Every habit that you want to create requires a learning curve. And in the first stages of building that habit, you will fail. And don't let that stop you. It's supposed to happen. It means you're making progress. Don't let that deter you from building that habit. Uh, And also try to take very small steps. So don't try to, you know, train yourself to run a marathon, figuratively speaking, right off the bat. Start with small habits of maybe making your bed every morning or I don't know, if you're trying to get in the habit of writing, start with writing maybe 200 words a day. That's really not much. Uh, And know that you will fail and know that the only way to really build a habit is to just gently come back to it. Um, And that's the only thing I know that works. Thank you once again for coming in, Marina. If anyone wants to get show notes for this episode, head over to entrepreneurdecoded.com and you'll find everything there. Marina Darlow, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Awesome being here. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.